For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. AD. Yo. They got the band back together again. They're playing all the oldie but goodies on Saturday night inside Levi's. <laughs> Look good. Think so? Felt good. Look good. Felt good. Sounded good, too. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. And. Plenty to get to on this show. Obviously, the Niners coming up with the big win. First ever game played inside Levi Stadium. Playoff game, that is. And they were able to knock off the Vikings uh, convincingly. 27-10. Only allowed Minnesota to get into the end zone just one time on Saturday. So, plenty plenty to break down in that one. Um, We'll talk about Jimmy G, that interception. Did Kyle actually take the ball out of his hands? After that, and then of course uh, the Witherspoon Mosley uh, right cornerback situation. Uh, we'll have our expert All Pro DB, of course, break that one down as well. But first, Ed, like we do every time after the Niners win, got to give out some game balls. Uh, who you got? Who I got? I'm gonna go with Old Man Sherm. Okay. Didn't didn't get a lot of opportunities because they didn't mess with him a lot. But when they did, he took advantage of it and made a play. And that's what playoff ball is all about. That's what the youngsters in the secondary need to see. You have to be prepared. And you can't say, next time I'm going to make the play. They came at him one time. And one time he picked their pocket. And that's, that's, that's what this – this era um, and then this realm of football, you need to be at that height um, on your game. That's why he's my guy right there. I can I could have gone to a lot of different guys, but I, I just think that was a valuable lesson learned for youngsters in the secondary. And funny, listening to the game, and, and of course Al Michaels on the call, he talked about, and Chris Collinsworth as well, they talked about how Kirk Cousins – uh, said he did not want to throw to Sherman's side. By by no means was he going to have to go there unless he necessarily had to. And not sure if he felt like he had to or not on that particular play, but he was looking for his main man, Thielen, and Sherm stepped right in there and picked that one off. Um, I talked about the band being back together, right? You had, you had D Ford back in there. Uh-huh. Of course, Tart was back in there um, in the secondary Um and it, you know, it, it just it just looked good. It felt good. But I think the guy who may have benefited from it the most is Nick Bosa. A couple sacks, three quarterback hits. Um, he really got after it. So he's he's my my game ball. I, I give my game ball to Bosa. I think he just he just dominated uh, on that defensive front. Um, and, and so I'm I'm going to go ahead and give it give it to Bosa. I think. Uh, I mean, you look at this defense, and they look like the defense we were accustomed to seeing during the early part 
of this season. You know, prior to the injuries, uh, prior to, you know, obviously getting late in in the season and, and some attrition and things of that nature. But um, they look good. And, and I think Bosa had a huge impact uh, on Saturday as well. So I'm going to go ahead and give him uh, my game ball. Um, so we look at this game and – Niners defense was of course dominant and yeah. and and we really weren't sure, you know, what to expect. Obviously you got guys coming back, guys being back in the lineup. You just don't know how fresh they're gonna be. They're gonna be a step slow, this, that, or the other. How would the bye uh, affect the Niners? I think everybody figured they needed a bye and they could use it considering they hadn't had one since week four. Um and, and then you look at Jimmy G and First playoff start, right? How was he going to respond? How was he going to react under those lights? Um, that first drive was impressive. I, I, I was largely impressed with that first drive put together by Garoppolo. He didn't appear to have any nerves whatsoever, um, made the right reads, made the right throws, ended up capping it off with a touchdown as the Niners got into the end zone to take uh, an early lead. Um, what did you – I I know I, 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 I would imagine you weren't necessarily surprised by it, but overall, what was your thoughts about the way he started this game? Um, I, I, you're right. I wasn't surprised by it. I actually told some, um, some um, Minnesota, um, you know, reporters up there and, and um, you know, talk shows. They asked me about, you know, the, the nerves of Jimmy and what I expect. And I said, I thought it'd be like the normal nerves that ball players have before games that he'd go through his routine. This isn't the first time Jimmy's been in that situation as a starter. Yes. Uh, but he's been around big games so much in his career that he's not like the normal guy stepping into it. He's seen it so often. He's been there so often. Uh, he's been a part of those practices. He's been a part of the film prep for those situations. He's been a part of that opening kickoff in those type games so I didn't expect him to do anything other than he had done the entire year. I, I thought he'd go through his routine and, and and look like the same person. And he came out with, you know, with that first 15 or 20 plays, and he looked the way we've seen him look in some other games. They came out offensively, and not just Jimmy. Everybody came out and executed because that's the part of it that you have to also take into account. Uh, so much is put on that quarterback and his nerves in that first drive, uh, but there are also 10 other guys on the field. Yeah. <laughs> and those other 10 guys have to actually go through go through their progressions and do everything the way they're supposed to for things to work for the quarterback. Now, that goes back to how do you prep for things during the week? How is that quarterback, that de facto leader, getting everyone to prep for that opening play, that opening drive? Uh, it, it, I expected it to be the same type of play it's just like this week I, I don't expect them to go in and try to do something different every everything they've been doing so far this week has allowed i mean this year has allowed them to get better and better every week so i think they're going to stick to the script i thought they would they did um so it's always impressive to see a team come out and execute and get to the and, and score on that first drive um it shows good planning on the coach's part good execution by the players uh so that part of it it's great to see uh, surprise is not the word I would use. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's that. That's the only difference. Are, are you surprised by 
the Vikings, and we talked a lot about Zim heading into this game and, you know, things that he may do differently, think, uh, a way that he may try to attack this Niners uh, offensive unit from a defensive standpoint um, differently than what we've seen this season. We saw Griffin and, and Hunter uh, line up on the interior much like they did and had some success against the Saints the week before. But aside from that, w w were there any wrinkles that you noticed that, that they tried to, to take advantage of that just didn't work? For them? Uh, uh, no, I didn't see any major wrinkles that they tried. Um, but we also discussed the fact that having that bye week off, uh, you have an opportunity to see w the wrinkles. Because you can't because you can't put in a, a brand new defense. There's only so you much know? you can do, right? There's only so much you can do. You can't put in a brand new defense. So you got to decide what wrinkles you want to put in. And and you're going to try to work off of those things. So the Saints didn't have the benefit of being able to go back and look at those wrinkles and look at that new attack. The 49ers did. So some of those things may work, but you're not shocked by it. You you are, you have something in your game plan plan to prep for it, and and it showed. It's and that that's one of the benefits of having that week more than rest. You get to see playoff ball. You get to see teams play at, at a certain pace and at a certain level. And it takes it's going to take a surprise by a team in the playoffs to beat a team that's better than them. You know what I mean? You 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 either have to have something that they are just not prepped for, or that other team has to have a bad day. The only way you can create a bad day for a team that's better than you is to have something that they are not prepped for. So that's that was one of those situations. There was nothing that they could throw out that the Niners weren't prepared for, hadn't seen, couldn't adjust to, and it and it showed. They dominated the game. What about Tevitt? He only had one game this year where he reached that twenty carry mark, and he went over that uh, twenty two carries, a hundred yard game for Tevin Coleman. Uh, got into the end zone a couple of times. Um, it seemed like towards the end of the regular season, at least, seemed like Radio Raheem had kind of maybe uh, taken taken a hold of, of that that number one tailback spot. Um, but Kyle comes out, and the bulk of the carries go to Tevin. Um, I know, and I know, you know, Raheem battled you know some injuries during the game as well, but. Um, Tevin getting those carries, taking advantage of them, getting over 100 yards, carrying it more than he carried the ball in the game at all this season. Um, what, what did you think about the way he was able to handle the running backs, he being Kyle? Uh, that's the way he's done it the entire season. He starts off, he has a game plan, and it's it seems to be a particular running back centric. He has a feel on who he believes can get certain things done and when he starts off with that guy and things work he sticks with them and, and you touched on it about the number of carries he got so if you can't stop it he's going to continue to feed you the running game he's going to make you eat it and we've seen him do that with all three running backs in different phases that where it seems like they will they will start the game and you will see a couple of quick hitters by a particular back be it Brita or Mostert um, or, or Coleman and if it is working, he doesn't deviate from it. He doesn't try to mix the guys in. It's like, I'm going to feed this guy. He'll throw the sprinkle the other ones out, but he feeds that guy. So it's it's kind of the norm for the season, don't you think? If you look at really the way he's done it in those situations when they've had big running days. 
Yeah, no, it, it definitely it definitely looked like that. Um, Raheem was battling a calf injury um, in the game on Saturday. Uh, he's expected to be fine, you know, against the Packers coming up this week in the NFC Championship. But no, I, I think he he kind of he he does kind of cater to a guy, right? Or or if he doesn't cater to a guy, he finds a hot hand, and, and I think that's been. Uh, I just give him a whole bunch of props for that um, this season because. Um, you know, a, a lot of guys kind of just stick to their guns. I mean, it, it, it'll be easy to say, okay, Tevin's my guy. He came here over with me basically from Atlanta. Um, and, and so I'm going to use him. I'm going to ride him. I'm going to roll with him. But um, we've seen that not necessarily be the case. You know, we've seen Raheem be able to, to take advantage of some situations that were given to him. Um, we, we've seen him be the hot guy. We've seen them kind of ride him. Uh, for the for the better part of um you know, of, of games you know this year, you know what's interesting. Now that you mention that, the way I see this, looking at it, and I haven't looked at it this entire um, season up until this point. He's done that with because uh, it, it says a lot about the guys in the room, um, in the locker room as well. That he's done that at pretty much every position. Yeah. Other than your other than your quarterback, you know, it's it's moved guys around. Um, we've seen, okay, and I know it's a big it's a big big deal when you take a starter off on defense, um, because everyone's like this guy got benched. But you've seen them go back and forth with uh, Witherspoon and Mosley. You've seen all the the interchanging at the safety position. You've seen all the interchanging at the linebacker position. There's a constant rotation with the defensive line. Um, uh, you, you see, there's a constant rotation at the wide receiver position. So it, it's like they've been doing that the entire year, utilizing the roster and utilizing the hot hand, the, regardless of position. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, and, and, and you give Kyle a uh... – a ton of credit for that because um, he, he, he mixes it up. You know, he, he rewards guys. So that that's obviously got to give him, you know, some 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 clout inside that locker room. But at the same time, I think it keeps other other teams off guard. Right. I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get at, exactly. at times coming in into ball games, And so um, I, that that's definitely coach of the year worthy <laughs> on, on the part of Kyle Shanahan. Um, Absolutely. That that, co- that coaching staff has done a very good job of utilizing the talent in the locker room. That's and that doesn't always happen. That that uh, teams can underachieve at times based on the play of players. They can also underachieve based on uh, the scheme and mindset and use or lack thereof by a coaching staff. I've seen it work both ways. Yeah. Um. So Tevin Ball. Um. We're trying to ball out here on this podcast. Um and, and and ED, you're trying to help all of America ball. You know we're we're we're, we're entertaining the nation here, and uh and you got some pretty pretty important information for them. The, the guys yeah. in particular. <laughs> well, support for believe in 49ers comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, as you just said. If you're going to pick a New Year's resolution this year, let it be to take care of your junk. Manscaped is making it easy with their men's grooming products. I told you guys earlier about my unfortunate snag incident after the move, working with 
less than proper tools because I was trying to be lazy and didn't want to get with my manscaped tools and pull them out of a box, and that was unfortunate. Didn't want to get in those boxes. Unfortunate. is lucky that I'm not on IR, man. But understand this. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer so you don't have to have their, those problems. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology so the trimmer will not nick or snag. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, thank goodness. Manscaped is also offering a crop preserver. It's an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You want to get your hands on that. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE at manscaped.com. You can start the new year off right by using the best tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code BLEAV at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus shipping at manscaped.com and use code BELIEVE. All right, take care of yourself, fellas. All right, take care of yourself. It's too late in the season to be going on IR. All right, we've got some crucial moments here um, during during this, this, this stretch run. So... Take care of yourself. Now, it wasn't all good um, on Saturday, and uh, Jimmy G in particular, he, he he did he did throw one away, and he threw it to Eric Hendricks. I was watching this, and I heard you in my head saying that was open in practice. Was that one? Was that an example of what you're talking about when you say it was open in practice? Yeah, absolutely, Ab- absolutely. You know, sometimes you you'll run plays, you'll do things, and and it's designed for a certain look to make the defense react in a certain in a certain manner. And yeah, that, that's that's one of those situations where yeah, it was open in practice, so you just go ahead and you let it go. Okay. Now that being said, do you think Kyle kind of took the ball out of his hands after after that INT? Nothing. I don't think so. I, Jimmy was trying his best to throw that interception, and you saw how I tweeted that out. I was like, he he was trying his best all game. All game long, he was trying his best to get that interception out of his hands. He was he was determined. He was determined to throw that interception. He was he was flat out going to do it no matter what, and it had to be done. So he got it out of out of his system, got it out of the way. And I don't think he took the ball out of Jimmy's hands per se. I think it was more of a situation to where the run game just kind of was was more predominant. It was effective. So why go away from it? You, you know what I mean? That, yeah, why why, it, it why like risk it? Yeah, why risk it when you don't need to? It, there was no reason. So th- this wasn't this wasn't that that Seattle situation where I feel he truly took the ball out of his hands. I think this was more of a situation where he just decided, let's since we are running the ball, make him eat it. Now, do you think it's one of those things where he just kind of had had to get it out of his system? In a sense, uh, like some guys, they they need to get that hit, right? They need to get hit just to get it out of their system, just so they can. Uh, go, okay, do do you think that that was a similar situation? I don't know if it was a get it out of his system so he can feel okay, um, as much as it was, uh, um, because I don't think he he wanted to do it. He, he just had to. <laughs> you know, how I always say there's one team that hits the field and they want to win, and then one's just got to have it. Like nothing else is acceptable. Yeah, he was he was not going to leave the field without throwing the ball to a purple jersey. 
he was determined to give someone a souvenir from for that game. He, he was like, one of these guys is going on with a division uh, with a division round playoff ball. Like I'm giving one away to a lucky fan in purple. Hey, well, a, a, a nice a nice parting gift, right? I mean, yes. you know, you're not gonna win the game, yes. you might as well go home with something, right? Yeah, so it was just it was just one of those things where he was just trying, but it goes back to what I've said about Jimmy the entire season as he's grown and I've watched him is like I like the fact that he's willing to stand in the pocket, take the hit, make the tough throw. It's going to cost you at times. Uh, but it's also why he's able to throw some of those balls right on point, right in stride to Debo and to Sanders, because he's willing to still throw that ball and take that chance. He believes that his timing, his release can get it there, that his right arm is better than the defenders that he's going against. And you want that from your quarterback. Yeah. You really do. And he has shown me that more times than not, he's right. Yeah, so, I mean, and it really is kind of that, that gunslinger mentality, right? Like, he trusts his arm yes. more than he trusts, you know, that, that defense, you know, to make a play. Um, he trusts that, that he has the ability to get it there. And, you know, more times than not, I mean, he does. Um, and, and we're talking about a guy who, who's probably – I mean, he's, he's going to have his fair share of turnovers, but it's nothing – nothing on the, on the level of a Jameis, you know what I mean? It's, it's nothing going to be a one-to-one -one ratio. Um, and, and so he's going to take those chances, and, and you kind of you kind of got to live with those because those same chances that he takes, you know, the ones that may get picked off every now and then, those are going to be the same ones that result in the in the game-winning touchdowns. You know, like we saw against exactly. Pittsburgh earlier exactly. this season. Um, I mean, we've seen so you've seen so many quarterbacks throughout the year that are afraid to that are afraid to throw those balls that that you your quarterbacks and uh, quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators, head coaches lose their jobs because players won't let it go they they won't make those plays they won't throw the ball and they take the easy throw all the time alex smith did that for a long time yeah he, he was mr it was, he was mr Checkdown, right it was a long time before he would just let the ball fly and you see that in a lot of quarterbacks where they'll just take the check down they don't push the ball down the field nick Foles and, had that reputation for a while um, too yes yes and, and, and it and it takes some time before players will start just letting it fly and trusting what they see and, and doing the math because the thing about it is that you you're the the thing for, for a quarterback is throwing to a window that doesn't have a receiver more than likely there's going to be a defender around that window so you're releasing the ball before your colors ever get into that window you just know that they're going to flash on time and it takes a lot of trust to do that yeah and and, and, and some quarterbacks never get it some it takes them longer um, but that's but that's to be a good quarterback that's the thing that you have to do you have to throw to that window with the belief that everything that you just um, calculated is correct. And when Jimmy does that, I mean, he, he trusts himself and he's been right more times than not. Yeah, he, he, he certainly has. Um, and, and he, it, it was one of those games on, on, on Saturday where he didn't have to do uh, too much. Right. I mean, he, he threw the ball all of 19 times. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was a it was a game that was heavily dependent upon the run, and, and the running game was 
was superb in in actuality. Jimmy, 11-19, 131 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Did take a couple of sacks, but it was the running game. They ran the ball. They they were committed to the run. They ran it 47 times, E.D. Mm -hmm. Um, 186 yards, that's commitment. And and it wasn't like that that game against the Rams earlier on this season that that I've talked about ad nauseum here on this podcast. Yes, you have. They ran it, you know, 40 times, but they only averaged – was about maybe two yards per carry. Like they were getting four yards per. Like th- these are chunks um, in, in the run in the run game. You know that means each and every time you're setting yourself up for third and two or less. Um, and, and so they were absolutely getting it done uh, on the ground, led by Tevin Coleman's 105 yards. And and so uh, and, and Jimmy Jimmy really wasn't asked to to have to do a whole lot. And and I think. Um, and I think, as you mentioned it, the running game was working, you know, so why go away from it? And we've seen this happen uh, a number of times this, this season where, where Jimmy's not really asked to make a lot of throws, not really asked to make a lot of plays uh, in the past game and where they were, you know, heavily dependent upon the running game because it was working so well. And, 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 and you got to give uh, you got to you got to give them credit for that, for knowing what's working like I like I. I've seen coaches in the past, and 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 I don't want to don't want to you know throw any names out there, but oh, call I, them out. Call I, them I, I've seen I've seen coaches in the past kind of worried about uh, the stat sheet, worried about records, um, worried about player A, player B, or whatnot getting getting their numbers, and despite the running game being working, they would be con- committed to the pass. Um, and, and almost to the, the detriment um, at times. And so you got to give Kyle and them credit for doing what works, sticking to it, and, and most importantly, keeping the main goal in mind, and that's getting out of there with the win uh, so you can continue to, to continue to advance. You know, obviously, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, much bigger fish to fry uh, here this January and or February. Um, more on this in a minute, but first this from my bookie it's 2020 and we're heading of course into a new year and for the first time in a long time the patriots aren't making the super bowl so who's your next pick and if you're listening to this podcast and i have an idea of who you may be picking anywho head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality my bookie is one of the most trusted in the industry Football not your thing, no worries. My bookie's got it all, from the NBA to the Premier League. They've even got odds on the UFC, and with everybody's favorite Irish nuisance fighting on the 18th, <laughs> things are bound to get exciting. My bookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24/7 customer service team. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1000. That means if you deposit 2000, you'll get an extra 1000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Um, we talked about this, and this has been a point of, I don't want to say point of contention, but it, it's been a, a, it's been, it's been well talked about, uh, and not just in Niner circles, but it's actually become, 
even a national story, if you will. It's gotten the attention of a lot of people, and that, of course, is the right cornerback position. We're talking about Akilah Weatherspoon mm-hmm. and E-Man, Emmanuel Mosley. Um, it's a third and two. Uh, Cousins is looking to go deep to Stephon Diggs. Diggs is matched up one-on-one with Witherspoon. Uh, Diggs comes up with a catch. Witherspoon, either he slips or he misplays it or both. Um, the end result is a touchdown for Diggs and Minnesota, which ties the game at 7-7. Seven to seven. That actually ended up being their only touchdown of the game, um, but it was given up by Witherspoon after that. Uh, E-Man came in to man that right corner position uh, as Witherspoon got uh, the quick hook, if you will. First, E.D., what happened on that play? Uh, DB panic mode. DB panic mode. By that, I mean... By that, I mean that um, you have a player in position and it happens to a lot of young players. It's one of those things when... You'll you'll hear a lot of young DBs um, and coaches trying to tell guys when to look for a ball and and when and and you need to turn your head at this time when you're in this position and that's that I've always thought that's a fallacy. It's a feel thing. You have to know. I I can't tell you when you feel comfortable or control or, or in control of a route. Once once the route. Once someone commits to the route and you're driving that route, you know now I'm in position and I can look for the ball. On that deep ball, you know now I'm in position and you can feel that it's coming and it's time to look for the ball. I say DB panic mode is because you feel it's coming and you are afraid to look or you don't feel like you're in position even though you are. Because he was, Uh, it looked like. It looked like he was in pretty good and position. It, yes, he was in he was in great position. He was in great position. If he stays on his feet, if he turns, he stays on his feet. Worst case scenario, he knocks the ball down. He was in position to intercept that ball. But but, but that but that panic mode can get you in a position you're so concerned about screwing something up. Then that's what happens in, in at a lot of positions. If you are afraid to make a mistake, it is very hard to make a play. We say it all the time. If you're afraid to make a mistake, you'll never make a play. You, it's hard to play the game when you're trying to play perfectly. You have to just feel it and trust your instincts. And that's why I said he's just in panic mode. He was in perfect position. But he was, he, was so, he was so concerned with making certain that he got things done that he didn't get it done. And that's, and that's what got him. So, then, so now you lose your balance. I mean, he, he's a defensive back. You're one of the most athletically gifted people on planet Earth. Yes. Not just on the football field, on planet on Earth. Earth. It, 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 uh, it's, I, and, I, and I know people think this because I played a position, but I'm, no. The, the, it takes more athletic ability to play cornerback than any other position on the field. You, 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 are, you are the best athlete on the field, one of the best athletes out there, period. You're one of the best athletes on the planet, just overall head-to-toe athletic ability. And he fell. He lost his balance, and he fell. He tripped himself. So that's, that's what I'm saying. It's about, it's about panic mode. It's about, it's about being stressed about making a play because you want to be good so, so badly. I remember as a young player being in the position. 
and and being all over and and not making plays and 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 making it so tough. I, I remember that in my early years where you'd be there, and I wasn't making all the plays that I should have made when I was in position to make them. And it's it's about him relaxing. It's about him understanding that he's done the hard part and and get it getting getting it finished. But right now, that's a tough thing for him because of what he's gone through. And my feeling on this is, I said it before, I, I like the way the coaching staff has handled it. Reason being, you're going to need him down the stretch. He's going to play. Mosley's going to play. Both of these guys, I think they've done a good job of handling the situation to where they're not ruining any of the guys' confidence. Um, but, and they are, but they're also letting them know this is the situation. And these are your opportunities, and you have to take advantage of it. So I would be shocked if Mosley's not given the opportunity to start this game. But Spoon's going to be on the field, and he's going to have to make some plays. And maybe that will that might be the catalyst that makes it a little bit easier for him um, to be able to make some plays. Because it's not like when he's on the field, they're going to stop throwing at him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, so, so I, I think it can work out. It, it looks like – so we're looking at a confidence thing here, obviously, right? And this is a guy who we, we've talked about multiple occasions, you know, the first part of this season, right, when no one mm-hmm. thought this team was any good still and they were making plays and all of a sudden the defense was getting turnovers and, and they were doing things that they hadn't done all season a year ago – and and he was right at the forefront of that. And you could argue that he was defensive MVP throughout the course of the first three games or so, you know, heading prior to the bye week. And he was playing well. He mm-hmm. was playing extremely well. And you could also make the argument that there wasn't a player on that field that had more confidence or exuded more confidence than him when he was out there. He was he was playing Yep, he, yep. He, he was playing you know, with his hair on fire. He was making plays. He looked like he was becoming – because remember, we were talking about this, and we, we actually talked about – we mentioned his name with the, uh, part of the reason why you don't give so much at the Jaguars for Jalen Ramsey, right? Because he was playing so well. He was playing that good. Yes, yes, he was. He was playing very well. You're ab- absolutely. He he was he was holding it down. He was playing as well as Sherm on the other side. Where did that confidence go? Um. The, well, no. The confidence. The confidence. Confidence comes from doing. You're making plays, so it's it's very easy to be confident when you're actually making the play. Now, what? Where did it go? It got injured. His confidence. His confidence was hurt. His his confidence, his ability to make those plays. Because remember, he didn't. The difference in Sherman getting hurt and coming back and missing time with an Achilles and all this stuff is that Sherman's got six, seven, eight years of excellent ball to lean back on. And in his mind, it's like I didn't forget how to play football. It's the same thing I said when he was coming here. I was like, I don't know why everybody's tripping. Sherman didn't forget how to play corner. He got hurt. And everyone acted like he got old and got hurt. And I was like, Sherm's going to be Sherm. So is he healthy again? And we see that. Um, and he was letting everybody know it as well. But for some reason, everybody freaked out. Spoon doesn't have that. He, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that collateral. He doesn't have that well um, 
to to dip down into and say, I've done it at this level for so long, I'm not even concerned about it. It's about him getting back. He was working on getting to a certain level, and he had seen some success. Yeah, briefly. He was still I making mean, you the know, climb. He, he got what three? What three games? Yeah, under his belt, where he was playing at that level. He was he was the man for three games, and he had three good games. So now, just understand this: three games. Three games doesn't necessarily make you a bad player. It doesn't make you a great player. He just had three good games. So the confidence he was building upon, it, it got it was, you know, it was stalled. So, and then he came back. And it's the thing that I was saying. And I use Joe Staley as an example. You miss this time. Everyone else is up to football speed. And you can't. It's dude, corner. We just talked about you, you. It takes it takes one of the best athletes on the planet because you are going against a great athlete. Um you know, world-class speed and quickness and they know where they're going and you got to figure it out going backwards most of the time. Yeah. You, your, your job is to react. You, you are, you, your, your, the definition of what you do is reacting to stimuli in front of you and arriving at the same time that the person the expected person knowing where he is going arrives. You're supposed to, you're supposed to figure it out backwards and get there at the same time. So you have to be quicker. You have to be faster. You have to be able to, to diagnose things. It takes a certain amount of confidence and trust and anticipation to do those things. It takes time. It takes time to know your body that well. It takes time to be able to see everything and know everything that's out there and, and to trust it. And, and he didn't get it. So you see physically the dig play – in particular, physically, he's capable of being there. He's capable of using that speed, that length, that quickness to be in position. Now, it's that's why I said the panic mode comes in. It's trusting that everything that you has that you've seen and done and you're feeling is correct, and that takes time. It does. It, it, it's, it's one of those things. It takes time. And that's why the trust and that's what the confidence is. The confidence is that you've done it so many times, you know you're going to do it again. You expect to do it again and you do it again because, again, you've done it so many times. He hasn't done it that many times. So that's all it is. So it's not, yeah, it, it's not that it's, he doesn't have confidence. It's that he just needs more time. It's a little unsettling, and and honestly, uh, you feel for the guy because you know what he's capable of. We've seen what he's capable of, and I'm unlike – I'm not with the rest of a lot of the jargon that's going around, uh, you know, especially on social media with, with a bunch of Niners fans now and, and, and the fact that he's just a lost cause, this, that, and the other. I, I think – to which you, to your point, the coaching staff, I think they have done a good job with that. I think, I think Witherspoon has shown that, you know, obviously he wants to do it. Like he wants to be out there. He wants to make those plays. The, he, he's kind of in his head. He's kind, he's kind of trying to figure it yeah. out. But, you know, right after that, that Seahawks game, you know, he he was the the first guy, or, or well, maybe maybe it was after the Rams game. It was after the Rams game. He was. The first guy into the facility on Sunday, yeah, because they played on a Saturday. He's the first guy in the facility on a Sunday, and 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 Kyle was certain that he was going to be able to turn things around, just for the simple fact that you know he was not happy at all with the way that he played. Um, 
And and, and I, I agree with you. I, there's going to come a point in time this season where um, they're going to need him to make a play. He's going to have to make a play. Um, and I still believe that he can make that play, whether it's in the in the passing game, um, which we suspect, or um, – Maybe in special teams. Uh, Kyle shared a story earlier. Kyle shared a story earlier this week, um, when you know, soon after, you know, Witherspoon got pulled, he went to special teams coordinator and said, "Look, let me spell E-man on special teams," um, just because you know he, he kind of wanted to give him a blow, but he also wanted to contribute to help this team in any way that he can. Um, and he hadn't played special teams in you know a good month plus. Um, and, and so he has that type of that that type of mentality, right? He, he has that he has that type of mentality where he wants to be there for the team. He wants to help the team. Um, uh, you he, know what? And he, I'm, I'm he, glad he, of that. I can he, tell you what. You know what? Let me jump in on this. Like he's all, not he's not sulking. I, I, I think know, that's no, important. You, you're absolutely right. You and, the, and you better not sulk. Because guess what? If I'm out there starting now, taking over. Better run down and cover kicks for me. Just like I was covering <laughs> kicks for you when you were starting. Absolutely. You think I covered kicks once I started starting? No. No. I stayed out there on the punt. You know, I was I I stayed out there on punt return, um, and hold guys up. It, it you know, it's not that I always did that. But part of the reason is because I was a pretty good press corner and and my special team coaches would be like, okay, not only do you get to press a guy, you get to hold him and grab him and pull him all down the field. So I figured I can let you take one guy and then we can do stuff on the other side. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, all right. Unless I was tired. And then I'd be like, get out of here. But, but like, I, you, you, how you many guys are throwing themselves a pity party right now? If if they're but, but, if they're him or in his shoes, you know what? There are a lot of guys that would do that. You know, and I can tell you, most of them aren't DBs because DBs aren't wired that way. I expect him to come in and do that, just like I expect him to be able to to bounce back from this. And I'm just trying to give I'm just trying to give um, some insight on how you can do that. And and you think about it because people look at this when you see. When you see Witherspoon give up something, it's not like he's just blowing coverages. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not in position. It, it's not that's not the case. I mean, just just like this one, like you want him to make that play. He wants to make that play, but he's got to get everything worked out in his head. Now, you that this is the thing. Can he get it done? Will he get it done? You want him to get it done? It's none none of that matters. You have to get it done. Yeah. At the end of the day, I that like part. this spoon. I think you have, I think you have the physical tools to get it done. But I can't lose a game. I can't lose a chance at a championship waiting for you to get out of to your get head. things worked out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is it has to happen now. You have to get it done. That's why I say you're going to need him to make a play. He has because he's going to be on the field. I don't think. If you go into your, you know, your nickel and dime packages, he's going to have to play, just like Emmanuel Mosley was coming out on the field. So now Witherspoon is going to come out on the field at times. He's going to, he's going to be on the field. He's he's on the roster, which means you have to, you you can't protect anyone on your roster. Not on a fifty-three man roster. You can, you can, you cannot. No, no one in the NFL can be protected. Understand that. You cannot. If I have to protect someone on my roster, I'm not going to win. If I have to protect someone on my coaching staff, I'm not going to win. You can't. You you cannot be inadequate at your job 
and expect to win a championship in in the NFL. It just doesn't happen that way because it will be exposed. You will get attacked and other guys can't do their job if they have to protect you. It's just it's that simple. You have to be, be able to make plays when your number is called upon. So back to that. Witherspoon, I can give you all the explanations on and I see I see was there. I, I remember being one of those guys where you're you're frustrated because you are right there. You're right there. And why can't you get it done? And it's just it's just a question of just understanding. I am there and it's and it's a self thing. I'm there, now finish. And you got and it has it has to happen every single day. He has to, that's something that he's got to take upon himself. Every single day, every single play, I'm finishing. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's Brito running a swing pass. I don't care if it's Kittle or holding running on to the ball. outside. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's Sanders I'm working with or or Debo. I don't care. You don't. I'm not letting anybody catch a ball. I'm just I'm just not. I'm finishing everything. Coaches will be mad at me. They're, they're going to be mad at me. They're, they're going to be like, okay, let him catch it. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I nope. Mean, if, I, you, if you if you go cut me for if you go cut me for doing my job, you go cut me for doing my job. Yeah. That's that's how it's got to get to where you get to a point to where I'm not at, even at practice. At practice, I'm not letting a guy catch a ball. You're going to earn it. You are not going to walk away from this day saying I got you. And that's been that's the thing because what happens, it becomes your norm. You don't you you don't you don't panic in those situations. You don't feel like you can't get it done. So and right now, this is where it is. This is not about you being in your fields. This is not about disliking you as a player. I think anyone who's listened to our podcast knows that I'm a I'm I'm big on Witherspoon and I've seen I've seen the flashes, just like the same with E Man. I've seen the flashes. So I know that these both of them are very capable players. So it's just about being consistent. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what what these practices have looked like for him since he got back from injury. You know, like like has is this something that is happening on the practice field in the sense that he's making these plays on the practice field throughout the week, but it's just not translating into games? Or I mean, you would you would have to think that 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 has been the case, right? Especially for them to continue to try to stick with him as as long as they as long as they have, like. You would think that you wouldn't see this many inconsistencies on the practice field, and then allow them to carry over into the games. Um, not it, necessarily. Not necessarily. No. A lot of that depends on. Uh, not, a lot of that depends on the type player someone is at practice. Um, because well, again, yeah, that, you, that, you've that always too. you've yeah. always heard me say that a coach's job. You know, you you're part psychologist. You're part. You're part. Part. Um, um, you're part sponsor, you're part um, psychologist, you're part um, um, father to some, you know, uncle to others, brothers to others. It, it, it's you got to understand the personality and how they function. I worked with guys that every day, every play was wide open, and that's how it was. And they and it was playing a game. That, that's just that's the way it was. And and so that that's how it looked. I played with guys that if they practice hard, we'd ask them what's wrong. with them. Because it was just not what they did. They didn't run at practice. They, they literally didn't do anything at practice. 
Hey, Charles Haley used to bring a chair to practice. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lying. He he literally he literally would bring a stool out to practice, and would go from he would warm up with the DBs and go through um, like all he did. He was that he was that freakish of an athlete at that size. He would go through all the DB drills, warming up all the backpedaling and hip turning. DB drills. Yeah, he would he would do a lot. He would do that with us a lot because um, he just like hanging around us anyway. Because um, we're the funniest guys on the team, so he would he would um, do that. Funny, I always thought the but, offensive but then line he would, the funniest guys. But then you know they just think they're the funniest. They think they're the funniest and the sexiest. That's what offensive linemen. That's that's it. They all think they're sexy. They all, all of them. They all think they're sexy. It's just part of being an offensive lineman. If you if you don't have sexy offensive linemen or in their heads, then you don't have a good offensive line. <laughs> they all that's just part of it, and they all think that they're hilarious. Um, but 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 I'm saying, but Charles, I mean, he he literally, he, he would take a chair, he would take a chair out. Now part of the reason why if he went at practice, he'd probably kill somebody if he went wide open all the time. But he just didn't. John Taylor, John John Taylor was not running fast ever until Sunday. So I only say this to say it does it's not necessarily. A lot of it has been on how they've seen him practice and perform and what what's his intake at practice because some guys are playbook guys some guys are let me move on the field and get in position guys some guys are let me look at it on film some guys are you know different combinations of it or all of that so it's 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 I, so that's the thing about it i'm not there every day i don't know what's happening the bottom line is whatever way he has been performing at practice how it translates on Sunday. So, and if that's what he was, let's just say he wasn't a finish every play guy at practice, but then he had those first three games, him coming back and not finishing every day wouldn't scare you. It, if you're it wouldn't coaching. be alarming at all. Yeah. Yes. I yes. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be alarming if that's what he had always, has always been. Now what I'm saying is that for him, he needs to figure out what he has to do to get that, to get that feel back, you, you, you know that that's the, that's the thing about it. It, it. And I'm not even gonna say lack of confidence because, and I'm and I'm just taking this back to myself. I it, I didn't feel like I couldn't make the play. I was frustrated that I wasn't making the play because I was there, and I'd look at it and it was so it was so upsetting. Like how why, how did I not finish that? Why 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 did I not get that ball out? Why did I not make that play? There was nothing else I could have done better. And even when you have coaches saying, like, man, you, you just, you just got to finish. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, there, like there's nothing else you can do. <laughs> there, 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 we, can't, we can't coach that up any better. You can't play it any better. You just got to finish it. So then that's, that's, that's something that he has to do for himself to get to that next level. It may be a guy just simply telling him, it, it, it may it may be it may be as simple as him listening to this podcast and be like, dude, you're too good to not finish it. Because that's how it was for me. Tim McDonald came in and, and we were sitting there watching film and he was like, This is ridiculous. Like, why are you not making that play? And he was like, Enough of that. It was like it's like and, 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 and it's funny, it was really like one of those things in my head. And I was like, Okay, here's a guy I respect, here's a guy that's doing that, here's a guy that's not saying it was a different voice other than my coaches. Wasn't the guy saying, okay, you need to get better at this or that or whatever. He was just like, you're way too good for this. He was, he was like, that's ridiculous. He was like, I, I, I don't know anybody who does it better than this. So just that's enough. 
and there was and there was no other conversation about it. So I, that's where Witherspoon has to get within himself, and he has to do it now. How I just started is, I I like you. <laughs> um, I know I know fans can be harsh because they want to see the colors win. Um, but you've shown that you can do it. Now is just the time to do it. It's just it's just it's just time. You can't can't win a, can't win a championship without making some plays. You got to do it. Can't be protected. Got to do it. And and he's going to be on the field at some point. You need him to make a play. Yeah. Now now is certainly the time. Um, you're talking about big boy games coming up here, and, and you said it. I mean, we you can't if you're this coaching staff. I can't cause myself or my team an opportunity to lose a chance at a championship because. You know, you can't get out of your own head. So you're, you're absolutely right in that regard. I think um, something else that was interesting in this game was just all the different worlds that were colliding um, on that field on Saturday, right? Um, you had Kyle Shanahan on one side. You had Kirk Cousins on the other side. You had Kyle's, mm-hmm. Kyle's dad, Mike, upstairs in the booth watching the game. Um, he's someone who drafted Cousins and is very fond of him. Kyle actually coached Cousins for a bit uh, during his time in Washington as well. Um, and then you had the offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, on the Minnesota side. And you had Robert Sala, the D.C., on the, on, the, uh, on the Niners side. And both of them were candidates for the Browns job. Um, Stefanski, of course, ended up getting, getting the job, though. But uh, quite, quite the... Quite the the cornucopia uh, of different worlds colliding and converging uh, on that field um, on 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 Saturday. Um, all of course resulting uh, in, in a Niners win. Um, I hadn't seen Mike Shane. Well, at least uh, uh, I hadn't really seen any any camera shots of him at any games this season. So I, I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool that that he was there uh, supporting his, supporting his boy. Um, um, I'm sure he snuck in and out of the building once. Yeah, um, yeah probably right. <laughs> yeah, um, couple of housekeeping things. Uh, there were some Niners getting some awards this week. Pro Football Writers Association, um, naming uh Dre Greenlaw and uh Nick Bosa to the All Rookie Team. Bosa was named the Rookie of the Year by the Pro Football Writers Association. So kudos. Uh, yeah, well deserved. Yeah. well, well deserved to both. Very well to deserved. Both. Um, you know, I'm a big Greenlaw fan. Have yeah. been from the start. You since have. He, he he got my eye in training camp. What was the uh, one? I told you the one thing that, that that this defense did with with all the, the the pieces kind of put back together. What was the one thing that that kind of stood out to you on Saturday? Um, that the speed was back. Yes. Um, did you see how fast they were off everything and just how relentless they were that that group that front four and the, the just the key to it that front four when D Ford is out there it is like someone has chummed the waters around the quarterback and there are sharks in it and you just see them just circling just circling, just relentless, just not stopping until they get to that quarterback. It's just, they're just, the water's just churning the whole time. And even the back end of the defense, it's just, it's just fast. With Quan, all of the, the defense is just really 
<laughs> really fast. That's the part that you see when you get all of those pieces back out there. It's long, athletic, and fast. You don't have time to do something. And I think that's that's what throws every offense off that plays against them is that the windows that are there, you, know, you create these windows, but they close so, so quickly. quickly. Yeah. So quickly. And and then on top of and then and the other thing is if you try to do any long developing play, it's not gonna work. Good luck. It's not gonna it's not gonna work because like I said, those sharks up front are hunting. And that's that's just the thing. It's just so that's what that's my number one thing. It, I just saw it again. It was like, okay, they're fast again. Yeah, for me <laughs> for me it was the gang tackling. And and I, I know we we've seen it throughout the year, but I feel like it it made a, a, a reemerge. I mean, there were barely any solo tackles that that come to mind. It was three, four, five hats to Dalvin Cook, uh, to the ball carrier, wh- whoever else that may have been, um, every single time. Um, and you know what that equates to? Speed. speed. Yeah, absolutely. Speed. Absolutely. It's the speed. I mean, you know, it was it was one play. I, I sat there and I looked at it and I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, a guy called a curl route. A guy called a curl route and um and I think it may have been Diggs called a curl route and uh, and um Nick Bosa tackled him. So so a so think yeah, about this. Yeah. You so you, you think about this. This guy is rushing the quarterback who goes back on the five step, he's got this five step drop you know, minimum. So even if it's been shotgun, that's about what that's going to equate to. He throws a curl route. The, re- the receiver makes one move and then tries to get outside. And the guy who was rushing the quarterback turns, he runs down and he tackles him on a, a ball that he caught 10 yards down the field and is running the opposite direction. He tackled him. Yeah. That's the kind of speed this defense has. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was a welcome sight, no doubt. Certainly a, a welcome sight. Um, so in case you missed it, it will not be the Seahawks, but instead the Packers who will be yeah. coming to Levi's on Sunday. The Niners will be playing in that late window on Sunday. But as a result of playing on Saturday, they get that extra day of rest uh, for the NFC Championship game. So it kind of has an old-school feel to it. Niners, Packers. Um, we'll be back later on this week to break that one down for you. But uh, Packers, of course, came to Levi's earlier this season. We know, we all know how that went. Um, but this is a team that has improved tremendously uh, since that night. Um, and so uh, plenty of things to discuss and to break down uh, about that one. So uh, should be an interesting one. Be, be, stay stay here with us as we get you ready for Oh, the I can't wait for that one. C <laughs> championship. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's it, it, it's it's going it's going to be a good one. Um so for Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll see y'all later this week. Peace. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.